Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 246. Tony here with Linz and Josh, and Linz brought a special little guest, her I did. son. Yes. He's not allowed to speak right now because he's got the Chewbacca mask on. Yes, but Connor <laughs> Connor joined us a little bit, but... Um... <laughs> he's 14, so as Tony points out in the actual podcast, we were either going to get a lot or a little. Mm-hmm. It was a little. Yep. <laughs> but we did talk uh, a bit about Bullseye in the new comic book uh, that he's in from Marvel. Yes, I reviewed the comic Extremity from Image Studios. Uh, we also talked about Logan... Which just came out. Yes. We didn't talk about Power Rangers, which is a first. Yeah. No, I did not talk about Gem and the Holograms. We didn't talk about uh, Tony going to Disney World. Yes. And Connor didn't talk really at all. <laughs> so sit back, relax, and enjoy Drunk on Comics, episode 246, Connor's Black Bolt Impression. screens oh probably the same as your son oh no comic book news (laughs) yeah youtube that's what he watches no youtube or youtube youtube okay not youtube the band youtube the channel i could watch website website you can watch youtube on youtube no (laughs) both of you guys so you two are watching youtube on youtube yeah wow (laughs) <laughs> Actually, he's probably watching Red Tube. Oh no! He doesn't even know what that is. He's yes, gonna he go does. Google oh, that. No. Oh no! He knows. He's fourteen. He knows porn. <laughs> <laughs> he always gets embarrassed when I talk about. It. That's how I know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone CPS is listening to this episode, you're gonna knock at your door. There. I know. God. We were already pre-talking about booze and his favorite beer and stuff that you allow him to have. No! No. All right, dear government agency, my 14-year-old child does not drink, but maybe he does watch porn. I don't know. Oh, wait, you started? Yes. Oh, okay. Welcome to Drunk on Comics, Connor. Thank you. Yeah, so as we are always a very fun, tight-knit family, and we'd like to bring our enjoyment of comic books and talking about them to you, the listeners... Sometimes, you know, we, we have other special guests in here, such as Linz's son, Connor, who, yes. who may or may not talk because he's a teenager, so he <laughs> might be like, I have a shit ton to say, I can't wait to say it. Or he'll be like, yeah, I'm a teenager, we don't talk much. If that's true, it really could go either way. <laughs> we should have just got him an actual coffee. <laughs> Cause no, because then he would not ever stop talking. It's true. Ever. And while I enjoy listening to my son talk sometimes, it's there's days where I'm like, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Any parent would agree with me, though. Yes. <laughs> well, let's get into some comic book talks. Uh, Linz, you read a couple things. But... I did. I'm saving one for booze and a book. Okay. Um... The other one I picked up, though, that I'm going to talk about is called Extremity. 
It's from Image, uh, in it with Skybound Studios, which I think was a smaller indie company that Image kind of swallowed yep. up. Um, so this is written by Daniel Warren Johnson, and the art is done by Mike Spicer. <clears throat> He's actually the colorist. Apologies, Mike. You're the colorist. Uh, Daniel actually does the art in it as well. He's the writer and the artist. So this story is like a... And I, I don't want to say post-apocalyptic, but it is kind of a post-apocalyptic story, but it takes place in an entire different reality than our own. Like, a, it's a completely different world. It even has it's one of those fun comics that has a little map in the back that shows you where everything is in there. So oh. it looks kind of like a... They all live on kinda little like islands, Tolkien. maybe? I love, like, books that have, like... that. Well, even regular reading books like Tolkien or any of those fantasy where you see the world so you kind of know where people are coming from yeah. or the sections. Yeah. In comic books you rarely ever see that but that's just kind of a cool little beautiful It is. Page. It's real pretty. And it they you know he did it all in tea colors so it looks really aged but I want to say that it looks like from the map that most of these they kind of look like they're on floating mountains. Like underneath mm-hmm. is all sky. And hmm. mountains are mm-hmm. floating in the air. Does it, get, does it get into the world setting like that within the book? It The way the book starts is an attack on one of the colonies that live in one of these areas, one of the tiny little floating rocks in the sky. And it seems like just from the attack that each area has its own little faction that they don't necessarily interact with each other all the time. And one is attacking the other and it's a heartbreaking start because this girl is telling you about how she's like the best artist and it's really like the best the only thing she can do well is draw and all this stuff and it makes other people happy and she's giving you all this heartfelt stuff and then they get attacked and the dude chops her hand off she's like 13 or 14 in Mm. the book so she's a child and he chops her hand off what a dick i know it's a terrible start so then it skips forward to when she and you know they kill her mother too right in front of her oh it's terrible bad day (laughs) it's a real bad day (laughs) it was a real bad day uh but then it skips forward to is that what so is that why it's called extremity yeah yeah (laughs) good pull there yeah yeah um, Gotta give co- you a hand. <laughs> the cover, by the way, is a picture of her holding up her arm with missing a hand, and it's she's super like, bloody. She's like girl Ash. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she totally is. I, my she mind has... totally went to Pokemon there for a second. Pokemon. I was like, did he get his hand cut off? <laughs> did Pikachu finally lose it and bite his hand off or something? <laughs> no, I choose you. <laughs> You got pokey rabies. Choose. <laughs> she does end up getting like a you know a nice little metal attachment for her arm with like a little claw and stuff. So yeah, a little ash like there. No chainsaw yet. More Crossing. Luke's more Luke Skywalker than right. Little a little less sophisticated than Luke's hand. Mm. So maybe like a combination of the two. But anyway, when you fast forward past the the terribly graphic beginning it's it's this her tribe of people who all have like a weird port wine stain over their one of their eyes and they do this whole thing when they hail their chief whose name is uh abba which i think is in their language means father they hold their hand over their little red 
rectangle that's over their eye. So I don't know if that actually does anything or if it's just like a mark of their tribe or what, but <clears throat> so they're going to to retaliate against this attack that happened years ago. Hmm. They're finally getting to the point where they're ready to, they've made the plan and they're ready to attack. My favorite panel in this book, one of the guys in their, their little faction is missing an eye and he stores cheese or bread or something in it for his pet bird to eat. So it shows a picture of him lifting up his eye patch and his bird eating something out of his eye socket. Doesn't he have like a pouch or something? A pocket? He has an eye. <laughs> Why, if you're not going to use it, you might as well use it for storage, I feel, right? I feel like that would lead to an infection. Putting <laughs> <laughs> cheese like, in your eye socket. It's just a weird little thing that you're like, yeah. why is that in there? But it it just I, adds to the story. I guess it's bit. better than like his pet bird nesting in his eye. Yeah. Maybe that's where it hatched. <laughs> like, you like never that's, know. That's a, it's birdhouse. Um, so they go and attack this the 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 faction, um, the the people that attack them in their little tower, and it's a battle after that. So the guy that runs the um, the, the place they're attacking, I'm going to get the name of the place, Pan, the Paznina is the name of the group that attacked them. Okay. They're the Rotos, R-O-T-O, Roto. So the Rotos are now going back and attacking the Pazninas, mm. um, who live in a much bigger mountain area and it's called the hand of Paznina. So they probably imagine that they're like the ruling class of the entire area. Right. So they're the Paznina are like chilling in their tower. The guy's playing the violin. Apparently he's the best violin player making people cry and stuff like that. He likes to play in battle. So they actually, in a couple pages into the battle, they show a picture of him like joyously playing the violin while this mm. little girl was getting her hand chopped off because mm. war is his muse, I guess. I don't know. He seems like a very terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was just picturing him walking into battle with a bunch of crying soldiers. Well, he's a big, <laughs> he's a big, you know, your atypical comic book bad guy. He's big, fat, and bald, right? Mm. But he's got a lot of hot chicks hanging around him, so that's how you know maybe he's got a little bit of money or power. Jabba Hoodish. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, so yeah. they go into attack, and most of this book is the battle. It's um, super bloody and violent. Yeah. But what I love yeah. about this art style that they drew it in, it's a little more cartoony. So even though it's disgusting and there's entrails and blood everywhere, it doesn't make you dude want to throw up. Dude got cut in half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's super violent. It, the dude got cut in half, but it looks like he's still fighting. <laughs> like he's the, his upper half is flying through the air, but he's still getting ready to stab somebody with a sword. Um, this book does end with the, the Rodos beating this small little part of the island that they were attacking and the, the the dad the leader of the rotos has this face mask that he wears that's made of teeth mm. like he pulls the teeth out of every single one of his victims and he puts it in his mask to strike fear and terror into mm -hmm. other people and he's trying to teach his son who's supposed to take over for him someday you know, this is what you need to do. We're a small group. In <laughs> this order is to, how you pull teeth out and of your well, victims. <laughs> it's more like in order to inspire fear in people because yeah. they are such a small group in the scheme of things in this world. Like, you need something. Like, what's more terrifying than seeing a guy coming at you with a face mask full of other people's teeth? 
a lot of things. <laughs> Could be a face mask of spiders. <laughs> Face mask of clowns. I guess if you were wearing like a face mask full of other people's testicles, that yeah. might be more terrifying. Oh <laughs> Toenails, possibly. Who knows? But you end up finding out that the sun's just kind of a giant pussy. It like those dangly things on like some. And some the girl's gross. the one that's the badass in this book, and you, it ends... you can relate with your son, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tony. <laughs> oh, can't take pop shots at your kid. Each other we can. <laughs> no, it's fine. He could take it. He's used to it. What? <laughs> yeah. He's not listening, no. I guess, is the point. Um but the end they they like the dad tries to get the son to chop off this bad guy's hands, you know? because that's what he did to the daughter. Mm -hmm. He uses them to play the violin, and it's supposed to be super beautiful, and that's, like, his livelihood. And the son just can't do it, so the girl comes up and chops his hand off. It was yeah. super awesome. Earlier in the book, her the, the, the kid, the son, her brother, is getting attacked, and he just can't. Like, he freezes, and she just comes up right behind him and wrecks the guy. But, and then she throws up because of it, <laughs> but then she gets right back up and gets right back into battle. So she's kind of a badass, and I... I, I am excited to see just how much of a badass she'll get in this book. And I want to see if they use a chainsaw <laughs> in place of her hand, because that would be really cool. Um, you know, <laughs> what they got to do, like, have her looking at, like, an armory of weapons, and just there being one, like, up on the wall. Because, oh. I mean, to blatantly give her right. a chainsaw is, That like, would be true. But yeah. just to have the knot in there, if you were looking for it, like, oh, there is a... yeah. The end of this book came with a little uh, story from the author. It's not really a story. It's about how he came to this story. Most of the time I skip over these because I'm like, I don't really care. But <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a good read. And it talks about how um, in his, because like he wrote a comic before this called Space Mullet, which you can't take that seriously. So even if he, he even says in his little write-up here that even if he does cover a heavy subject in a book like Space Mullet, he's always hiding behind... Humor. Humor. Because yeah. it's a book called Space Mullet. Yeah. You can't, you just can't take anything seriously in that. And in this book, he's hoping to, like, he's, not only is this book about a girl facing her fears and, like, really embracing, you know, what she needs to do to get past what happened to her... He's using this book as a way to get past his fear of being like rejected as a writer and not just using humor to cover for, you know, oops, oh, yeah, I messed that up, but it's funny, so it doesn't matter, you know? Right, yeah. Like, which is a lot, what a lot of people, is what I do. I use humor all the time to cover for insecurities, and a lot of people do. Do you? So. I've never noticed that. Yeah, no, <laughs> not no. at all. Mm. <laughs> you think I'm just funny? Yeah. Oh, or not. Maybe that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway. I never noticed you using humor at all. <laughs> oh, you're a dick. <laughs> I totally suggest picking this book up because you can tell from the book that like the writer put a lot of himself into it, even though it is super graphic, futuristic, otherworldly revenge story. About a girl. About a girl. But if after reading that whole write-up you did, you can see where they two kind of mesh together. Yeah. But... That's cool. Yeah, that's good. I liked it. I heard uh, a rumor, Tony, from you. You yeah. told me the rumor that you actually read a comic book this week. So, so AKA, I just I told you I read a comic <laughs> book. It wasn't really a rumor. <laughs> 
Yes, um, I picked up Bullseye number two. It is one of five uh, little mini series that they got, and it is written by. Somebody do filler music while Tony looks it up. Ed Brisson. Artist by uh, Guillermo Sana. Guillermo? Yep. I can't speak well. I know. It's okay. We all know. know it. Color color is by uh, Miroslav uh, Mirva. Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Well, the last name is MRVA. (laughs) Mirva. MRVA. Yeah. There's only one vowel in there, and it's in the wrong place. Yeah. Definitely Polish, Ukrainian, or, or <laughs> Russian. Like um, but the reason why I haven't read a lot of Marvel in a while, even though I have a shit ton of Deadpools and stuff that I need to catch up on, it Marvel to me has just, it's its really, I've been doing so much more indie mm-hmm. or IDW, other publishers that just the story seems to matter. And I really hate how the status quo and all those books, and DC to an extent too, but they're actually doing pretty well with their rebirth stuff. However, there are certain characters that I always read, like Deadpool, like I said, Spider-Man, still collecting that. But Bullseye is one hell of a great character. And anything that is like these little like five-issue miniseries as well, those are full put-together stories. They already have it planned out. So you know you're going to get a you know a good book within whatever they have uh, coming out for that. So I, I've never read anything about Bullseye, but I did see the old Ma- or uh, Ben Ben Affleck. Oh God, no! Daredevil movie. No! Was that Bullseye in there? Yes. That, it yeah. Was. Yeah. Okay. And it was a terrible Bullseye. Yeah. In there, other than the fact that he could hit things. And that's, so is he is he a bad guy like is he? Uh, well, he's like, always been a bad guy. He's always yeah. been a set. He's like been an a anti-hero or no, not even anti-hero. He is straight guy. up bad guy. Okay, he will like randomly in some comic books you'll see that he doesn't have a moral compass at all. You, but he will somehow like when you think he's just going to kill the person, just be like, no, like just choose, not, just to. choose yeah. not to. But that's his choice because yeah. it's all about him. Like in the first issue of this. Uh, Really, you're getting nitty gritty of him. He's been dead for a while in the in the comic books. I forget how the last time he was dead or missing or whatever. The hand came and like resurrected him. Um, so he hasn't really been in the comic books now. And I think this is also a, a starting point for um, him getting back. You know, coming back out of uh, Nowheresville. Um, he uh, is has a agent who has been kind of working for him to get him jobs. Mm. And while he is talking about them, being like, oh, I don't like doing this, or I want some... I've been gone for so long. I want some mass murder. And when they're getting on to where he's going to now, is Columbia with this giant uh, handler of guns and everything. He's sitting up in the office with paper clips, and he flings one down, which hits a bicycle rider who then gets hit by a car. So these people get out, like all these people around, like, you hit him, you hit him. And then he flings another uh, paper clip, which goes into the ear of the driver. He goes down dead. And then <laughs> some people are looking at him while all while this guy is talking about all these different jobs that he could take. And he's like, that seems boring. Flicks another paper clip, hits someone like in the throat. They go down. He then flicks one at an ambulance that's going, pops the tire. That flips over and like kills a lot of people when it goes. Oh my god! All while just talking about what he's gonna finally do, he goes, yeah. "Oh, that seems like it could be a lot of bloodshed." And he's leaving. He goes, "Oh, and you're out of paper clips and stuff." Like, 
that's just how he is and it was hilarious watching this but also being like it's not hilarious to see people die but the way that he finds finesse in just the killing yeah and how his power is way more than like he has that he can never miss so whatever he's aiming for he can see the the trajectories of everything um like when he comes to daredevil because daredevil has such good hearing and senses though that's why he can sometimes miss against Daredevil. I mean, you put two... Because Daredevil can hear it coming and dodge yeah, it. Yeah, dodge it, even if like he was trying to aim at something. And there'd be some scenes in old Daredevil books where he knew that Daredevil was going to probably dodge or something, so he did it mm-hmm. and it accidentally clips him. But his ability to hit whatever he wants is kind of uncanny. It's, it's to a point where it's like, I want to say, not a mega level, but pretty much a mega level type powers where if you were to give him a rifle or a shotgun and there's someone that has like the infinity gauntlet he would somehow never be able to miss and hit it like that's how they've always written him and i'm okay with that because it makes for a good story like he's like the invincible bad guy throw all these people at him but like i said usually you're not rooting for him usually he's the bad guy against spider-man fighting him or someone else there was a comic book series um about eight years ago, I think, and I've mentioned it before on the show, where it was another bullseye five comic book issue where he just wanted to quit the game and actually join the game, and he joined baseball. And he grew out like a mustache. Most people don't know what he looked like without a mask. Had a hat on because, for whatever reason, he had a tattoo, a, or, you know, scrawl a bullseye in his forehead, yeah. which is dumb. Because <laughs> people can easily recognize you without... but. He uh, he became a baseball pitcher, and he made sure to not be super good. So he'd miss occasionally, but he was just damn good. Purposely miss. Even so, like, at one of the baseball games, like, superheroes were out in the... Like, he saw them there at the stadium. He's like, oh, shit, they're going to recognize me. But they didn't because his disguise was so good. Hmm. He, like, disappeared, and it followed a story of him, and then pretty much this referee that... So what you're saying is he didn't miss on his disguise? No, that that was, that was terrible. <laughs> wow. I was going for for corny. Anyways, the ending of that, I don't want to give it away, but he had almost a perfect game, and then something happened, and then that's where the telling of the story and where it begins and ends with a death. Very good. And I was like, holy shit, this is even more in-depth of this character. He wanted to come, like, do something that he's never done before, yeah. be the best. It was really good. So this one, having him come back is... It's just been kind of great. The whole paper... So that's even actually in the first issue. This one, however, he's down in Columbia. At the end of the first issue, they were saying how the person that hired him, it can't get back to him that they hired Bullseye because these people are so uh, connected to every other mob family that if this one mob family was to be known that they sent an assassin to this guy, uh. all the other mob flavors are going to go... And, and Bullseye goes, don't worry, I won't make a scene. Through the airport, he's got his mask on. He killed people. He stapled to a person's chest. Uh, Bullseye's here to go kill so-and-so, <laughs> the Black Knife Cartel. And that then expounds into the second issue where he's beaten up like an informant at the jail. Someone came and told the, the main boss uh, of this cartel, that he's down there. You get to see a little bit of this bad guy who's even more sadistic than Bullseye. Bullseye just wanted to go on and kill us. And it's almost like he is a hero in this because he's fighting a gang of drug pushers and, like, gun, you know, uh, ship 
people, you know. What the fuck do you call it? <laughs> traffickers? Tra- tra- yeah, traffickers, not yeah. ship people. Traffickers. <laughs> ship, ship people? Yeah. UPS, gun UPS guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and so I'm pretty sure they use FedEx. <laughs> I'm very, very happy where this story's going. It is one of those that I can't wait to see how it ends because it's going to end with him killing a bunch of people with small, inanimate, you yeah. know, objects. And I like when they do um, short runs for stories like that because you know it's coming to an end. I think you can enjoy it more when you know there's an ending coming. Whereas if they keep going, sometimes they just drag things out too long. Like the whole, I mean, and when you get into a full series, then yes, of course, you're going to have story arcs, but then that continues into a next thing. But you don't always want to have that cliffhanger. Like the Unworthy Thor right now, that's a five-issue miniseries. We know it's obviously going to go off into a bigger one. I'm sure Bullseye will go off into a more main comic book, but at least this we know it's finite until they have another issue. Do you think Bullseye can carry his own series? I think he could, yeah. but I don't think that I would ever see Marvel writing these comics for villains no. because who's really going to root for the... Like, they would have to honestly make him more of a Punisher type right. kind of good, but since he's there's so many superheroes that want to kill him anyways because he's a bad guy, I don't see them changing that route, and I hope they don't because I like how he is. Right. He is straight up I hate, I kind of hate it when they take villains and make them into heroes like every once in a while it's okay but for the most part it's like do we need more heroes because we got enough i think we have more heroes than we do villains so and i think like i said too just (laughs) make me think that 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 you wouldn't have villains that i know (laughs) like that would just take out if they I, i do see though like them doing many more of these but it also comes down to the shopper like who's gonna be buying this i definitely would but I don't think there are many, but as, like I said, a, a little five mini issue, yeah, you could have, you'll definitely have a lot more people being like, oh, that seems interesting, right. and I only have to buy five, five you know, issues of it to get the full story. Right. So there'll be more people that'll say, I can do that. Or when it comes into a trade as well, they're all right there. Yeah, that makes sense. Marvel needs to, I think, start narrowing down there. I apologize for all the background noise that's going on in this podcast, but there's a 14-year-old here in this room, and he's very fidgety. So. There's a reason why we've never invited him. <laughs> Actually, we have invited I have tried to get you to bring him out a lot. He is making less noise than James always did. <laughs> but anyway, Marvel definitely needs to work on cutting down their stories, I think. So maybe doing these short little runs of characters is probably smarter and in the long run for them because they are way too far into rebooting. It's really easy to get into those too. Like, you know when to start, you know when to stop. Exactly. Whereas like long run ones, you... Well, that's true, but I think that's also why that exact reason is why Marvel reboots all the time and does three issue ones. They don't, but... Well, no, it's not even... Because they aren't rebooting. They're still kind of continuing on the... They're just renumbering. And they don't need... That's just dumb. Well, like, yes, I agree. and But I think the reason... Well, A, besides the fact that people buy number ones because they think they're going to be worth money someday, which not Well, you do realize, though, money. it's all in a number. If they were just continuing the numbers, we wouldn't be bitching about this. Right. So it doesn't change a lot of the fact of their stories, except for they do almost reboot at number ones, not in the sense of where the story's gone, 
but it's almost like another origin. Hi, my name is Bruce Banner, and I am a gamma-holic. I once got <laughs> sprayed with these gamma rays, which turned me into the Hulk. But I'll tell you more about my backstory later in issue five, and then a year later... It'll do the same Hi. setup. I'm like, the Hulk. Like, who doesn't fucking know who the Hulk is and where he came from? Right. We don't need to really do backstory. And if it's a new person picking up the Hulk, I hope you're picking it up because you understand it's a mad... Well, not mad scientist. It's a genius. And it actually, that's not even the Hulk now anyways. So, sure. With She-Hulk and everything going on, because Bruce is not around. Let's just say when he comes back, <laughs> they're going to do that. Right. Like, yes. you don't need to tell us no. that. You don't need to tell a Spider-Man story. No. You don't need to. If you have a new character, sure, because we want to know who they are. Right. Yes, I agree. It's just, oh, it's... Well, with the internet now, too, it's really easy to, like, if you don't know a character... Just look it up. Look it up. You yeah. can get the origin story on fucking Wikipedia. The, the biggest <laughs> problem is retconning, though, because it's like, well, which origin story should I go off of? Yeah. Which know? one are they on right now? Yeah. That is true. So have you heard of uh, X-Men Supernova? The, is that the TV it, series? No. Are they are they teaming up with Oasis? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is so that I bring it up. Why? Because you you love X Men. Yes. Yes. Is well, that the movie specifically? Yeah. Yes. And We've talked about be. this. What the that's the running title, the working yeah. title, right? And yeah. the reason why I bring it up is, well, yeah, but you didn't even know it when I mentioned it. Well, because I thought you were going down wait, a different wait, wait, wait. It's the working title of what? The next X-Men movie. Which, oh, okay. which is undoubtedly going to be the Dark Phoenix saga. However, uh. they can't mention that in anything because they can't, whatever. But <laughs> They don't want people knowing, although she went full Phoenix at the end of the last X-Men movie. Oh, so, I wonder so where they're going. Full-blown Phoenix. The fran yes. franchise producer, uh, Simon Kinberg, uh, had recently discussed about that secret uh, placeholder title and explained how, like, m it's so dumb that movies do that now anyways because with the internet and everything, that's going to get leaked and people are going to know, oh, this movie that they're shooting down in Atlanta that is called, uh, you know, Forever... Forever Glove. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's gonna be the B movie ripoff title. Yeah. <laughs> Forever Glove. Yeah. That's the porn ripoff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put on my love glove. <laughs> so, with that being said, like why they do it, and like he was even saying, you know, even Star Wars still does it, and I think you know some movie places they do it knowing it's not gonna be secret; it's gonna get out. But more or less, they do it just to have some fun to come up with some working title. But with this one in particular, you couldn't have been more on the nose by calling it X-Men Supernova, yeah. which he also then explains of some of them, like, uh, what is it? Blue Harvest was the original Star Wars oh, uh, yep. name for it. So that has nothing to do with no. where that came from, what all that means. X-Men Supernova. Okay, you guys are shooting the next X-Men movie, which is probably going to be the Dark Phoenix saga. And so he even kind of said that without being able to say anything, the discussions that people are having are probably true. Right. And also saying how we fucked up at the end of the last stand, X-Men last stand, yes. the first one, where we made the Dark Phoenix uh, saga a subplot. Yes. Maybe we need to make that the main plot. Yes. Hint, hint, wink, <laughs> wink, he's saying. My and question, of course... 
My question is, is Mr. Sinister going to be in it? Because he was at the end of the X- last X-Men movie. Yeah, but wasn't that to go into the whole uh, Logan? Mr. Sinister? No. no. <laughs> well, yeah, but at the end of that, it showed him getting the DNA of Logan, which I thought was then supposed well, to go into. I guess if they're tying that in, what's what's Sinister's actual name? Connors, Nathaniel uh, Michael Essex. Michael Essex? No, Nathaniel. Nathaniel Essex? Essex? Okay, so that's not the name know. of the so guy in Logan. So you know 14-year-old. <laughs> he knew more than I did. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe a little bit. You haven't seen Logan yet, so we're not going to nope. spoil too much. You know how it ends, right? Because it's the last movie. Hugh Grant. He gets further in Carbonite. Did I just say Hugh Grant? Yeah. <laughs> They they had Hugh Grant do Logan this time. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. It was fabulous. <laughs> really British. Yeah. <laughs> but I so anyway, back to Supernova and the Phoenix saga. Um No. No, you were transitioning <laughs> into Oh, watching Logan. Yeah. Yeah, we it was good. It was good. It was America, really good. it was a good X Men slash Wolverine, like it was. It was the best. It was Wolverine the best. Movie. Yeah, I'm pretty best sure X-Men America movie. knows that it was good. They made a massive 85 million the opening weekend. They wow. were pro- projecting between 70 and 75 million domestically, but mm. 85 million blew it out of the water. They really had great trailers. Which brings like the world world total to about uh, 237 million right now. Mm. That that's way below their 170 million estimate of that, and they. <laughs> I think, I mean, they probably underestimated for all the other shitty movies yeah. that have yeah. not hit projections. But I think they finally realized, let's do something that, well, it didn't, I mean, you don't need to make a movie R to just say, ooh, I'm yeah. edgy. But when you have the source material that you should do that, yeah. because having not seen it, I'm probably seeing it later this week, would you say that if they didn't do some gutting people or whatever, the blood or however it is, it would have made it seem like not Wolverine. It was... I mean, he's done Berserker Rage in the X-Men movie. Like, he did it in X2. There's that whole scene in the hallway where he mm-hmm. gets, gets all... That's, like, the closest to Berserker Rage that he's ever gotten in the X-Men movies. Even in the Wolverine movies. And he went some full-on... and it, Yeah, it was And you could tell, like, it wasn't like he was fighting. Like, he did not want to fight, and he got so angry that he just went off. That was the coolest thing about this movie, was it was losing control of anger. Yeah. Full on berserker Him and X-23, you know. That little girl is an amazing actor. She really is. Mm -hmm. She was a great actress. I don't know if they would have cast anybody else in that character if it would have been as good, because she did an amazing job in that movie. But if there was not as much gore in this movie, or blood... Like, if it had stuck to the PG-13 model mm-hmm. that it had been, I don't think it would have been as good. Because it was no. super violent, and it wasn't just him being violent, it was X-23 being violent. She was more violent than him a lot and, of the time. And without, like, watching this little girl just go ape shit on people, like, you don't want her to hold back. If they're going to go that way, they need yeah. to full-on commit to that. And it plus, was plus, awesome. it was just great to see Professor X curse. Oh, my God. <laughs> We won't say much about that. But All those know, many but years great. of having to be a very nice <laughs> yes. person. Yeah. It goes out the window. It was yes. so awesome. It was. I love that. But no, we when we were walking out last night, or... Yeah, Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah, when we were uh, walking out, we were thinking... Um, we were talking about how it was like... They just finally decided, you know what? 
let's just try making a good movie for once. Yeah. You know, let's just see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were saying how it was like after Deadpool, they realized, you know, oh yeah, we could actually make good movies. Well, we well of... prior to Deadpool, the argument was you can't make a good R-rated You movie. can't make an R-rated comic book movie because yeah. the audience for comic books is children. Yeah. And... Connor just did air quotes. Children. Yeah. Exactly. The audience for comic books is not children. No. Well, no. It, it, <laughs> to be honest, even children want to see blood, guts, and boobs. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Right? Yeah. yeah. He nodded his head. This is, you have to use your words on a podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of which, Connor, what would be your favorite movie that you would see? Like, what would, would be in it? Pool Man, Pizza Delivery Guy. I mean... Oh my God! Are you asking the him? The mom home alone with with her stepson. La, 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 la. Wait, what? He's talking. <laughs> what, what was the last one? <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> no, Connor's very excited. What are you very excited about the that's coming up? Iron Fist. Yes, Iron Fist. Connor loves Iron Fist. Tony really? also loves Iron Fist. Discuss. How well? How well do you know Iron Fist? He punches stuff good. <laughs> With, with his like, fist, it's yeah, iron. It's iron. Is it made out of real iron? No. What's it made out of? His skin and bones. But what's the power? He's got stuff in his hand. Okay. Do you know that he's not Asian? <laughs> Is it like a roll of quarters? <laughs> Connor, do you know that he's not Asian? Yeah. Yeah, you know more about <laughs> iron fist than your mom did a year ago. Really? Well, we have this whole podcast that Tony missed out on, so we totally messed up the origins of Iron Fist because we were talking about the whitewashing of because they yeah because they didn't know really the the comic book Iron Fist, which it's okay you don't need to know every single thing. Maybe about that he's white, but but then you're arguing that why is he a white guy? We were making we were discussing about the argument that was they were having on the internet at the time though, well, which was but, well it was over uh, Doctor Strange. It was about um, yeah. The ancient one being not only white, but a chick. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that turned out fine. She did a very good job. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly. It's her second comic book movie. It's her second comic book movie? Constantine. Oh, she was in Constantine. Oh, yeah. She played Gabriel? Yeah. Yeah. She she was the best part of that movie, too. Yeah, perfect for an (laughs) angel. She looked good, too. Satan was good in that movie. She, to be honest, like, her and David Bowie, like, are twins, and I can only imagine what their kid would be like if they got together. Yeah. Like, the most... And, and like, if you ever watch the animes, there's, like, people that look just like her that you can't tell who the hell, <laughs> what their character is supposed to be, a boy or a girl. David Bowie and Tilda Swinton's child would be Powder. <laughs> have the same magical yes. powers of electricity too speaking of tilda swinton there's so you peter capaldi is not is done with doctor who right and there's no, a not yet well he's going to be done oh he's, he's going done, yeah so they're yeah. looking for the next person to play the doctor yeah who. the doctor who who <laughs> <laughs> there's a in england you can bet on anything like literally, they have websites that you can you can bet on the outcomes of anything. Yeah. And right now they have on one of their websites betting on who's going to be cast as the next Doctor Who, and she is like by far way Tilda out in the Swinton? lead of who's going to be the next oh, Doctor Who. I don't think 
I can't. Well, no, I don't. It's not that I don't think she would be good. I can't imagine that Tilda Tilda Swinton would do Doctor Who. Really? Yeah, because it's still it's still a like it's really popular and and people love it and everything. But it's still totally a campy TV show. You know, yeah, I think there's... she's a little above that. I feel and like she would be. her acting prowess, like yeah, I, I think it's a little below her. You caliber. think so? I. I mean, I don't know many. I can see like, her doing an episode for fun. You I know? mean, but it'd be like Tom Cruise coming down to be like starring in a you know FBI CIA type TV show. Yeah, so really many, so many big stars are doing TV series. Though Josh was just talking about the is it a movie or a TV show that Will Smith is doing? Oh, that's it's a Netflix. it's a movie for Netflix. Right. Yeah, but that's Bright. not getting it. It looks really good. You should check out the no, trailer. But even then, though. <laughs> Netflix though has a little bit different of they they throw out the money knowing that they're going to recuperate it eventually like mm-hmm. they're not the same TV route as you know other the stations and not saying the BBC is bad in their program and they're fucking excellent in they're it getting a lot but better. they don't have that type of money to give to Tilda right. because that's, fair. that's still a lot like well, what they ask for but I totally could see her doing an be... episode like John Hurt or William Hurt John Hurt. Was John Hurt did yeah. the War Doctor? Yeah. Yeah, William Hurt is a different guy. Um, <laughs> John Hurt did uh, the War Doctor, and that was awesome. That, yeah. He he did an amazing job playing an old incarnation of the Doctor. Okay. But I, so I could see her too, doing something like that. I think it would just be amazing. It would be. I think. I mean, I would honestly yes. like to see that. I just don't see it in the realm of like reality of like that. You just think together. she's out of the range of their budget. Y- yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you still have to then pay people what she they're is very worth. British, yes. Um, yeah. But I could also see her being like, on a lark. I'm just gonna take my cut and just yeah do something as yeah as you said an episode or maybe she comes in as some part of it for a three episode arc, which is yep. big. But it, I'm now imagining though like a female, you know, doctor. People were calling for that la- the last time. When, a female? Yeah, before Capaldi came in. Everybody was disappointed that it wasn't a female. Right. A lot of people were, at least. Well, because the, the um, doctor can be anything, right? Yeah, but he has always been male. Right. And, and white. And white. Yeah. And so, and that's another big one that people have been throwing around is Idris Elba. Yeah. Which would he's be so also, cool. It would be, but he's probably also out of their range now, too. Maybe. He was in Luther, which was a BBC show. Idris Elba. He played. Let me put this in. Uh, uh, he played in Thor, uh, the gate. Hemdell. 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 Yeah. And Luther. And Luther, the BBC okay. show. Not yeah. Luther. Barack Van Obama's uh, anger yeah. translator. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Luther. On, on the BBC, he was yes. and he was great in that. So that's that's the only reason why I think he might be. Although they're trying know, to get him to be the next Bond. That's what, what I, I saying, understand. Not Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, Bond, he would be awesome. As Trevor Bond. Noah but, talked about that. Yes. Yeah. Trevor Noah talked about how it would be. It would almost. <laughs> like if you're gonna be James Bond, it would hard to be be hard to be a black James Bond because <laughs> yeah. there's a significantly less black people in England than white people, and it would be hard for you to be undercover. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're going into like Northern Scotland and yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you're James Bond. No, I'm not. Yeah. Well, you're black. Yeah, and you why look else like... would you be here? <laughs> and there's a lot of shit going on in this town. So, yeah. mm. well, speaking of casting. This is probably what I've been looking for the most of talking about with you guys because I 
find this casting flawless. And speaking of the first person I'm going to talk about too, it's a good segue. Uh, Ken Leong uh, from Lost is joining as Karnak to the Inhuman cast, which as his you know ability is to find all the flaws, he won't find it with the cast because <laughs> it's so flawless. <laughs> what? But, As was that transition, I guess. That was pretty good. No, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> However, uh, he was the first of the other that I saw um, becoming uh, one of the characters in it. Uh, last week we had uh, talked about um, Black Bolt uh, being cast. Um, we didn't have his name he, yet, he, though, did we? Yeah. No, he's not... He's or not, not Black... Sorry, I was thinking about... Um, Maximus. Uh, Maximus, yes. yep. Uh, Ewan. Ewan uh, Ryuin. And um you and Ryan. Ewan Ryan. Weird names that we can't ever pronounce. Yeah. But uh so then they then listed then we had some other ones come out throughout the week, but then I found uh just a nice little article that, that has had all of everyone yes. and then you right now, I mean, you can't necessarily tell I mean you could tell the acting abilities when you look back in and you see what um what they've done in the past where where they've acted before and how good of an actors they are but with everyone that i've looked up to see what i may have seen them in before I'm like damn that's kind of impressive or oh i didn't know they were in this this show or this movie before right. well like with Ma the chick they have to play medusa she was in smallville she played zatanna yeah she was in smallville yeah yeah so she's got that. she's got nerd cred already. I know. I thought that was gonna. <laughs> really don't remember Zatanna in Smallville. It was she showed up like four different times randomly. There was a, like mm -hmm. a three part issue with it or uh, episode where there was I believe the comic book or there was a book. It was a Comic Con or something, and one of the books was like a magical book. And hmm. um, I think it was further on in the series when you started getting more people coming from besides it just being Clark. And Lex. yeah, yeah, where they started building up the Justice League, basically. essentially, yeah. Is Batman in it. Batman, Bruce was no. never in. No, they had Green Bill. Arrow. Yeah. They had no. They had a guy in the first two seasons that they set up, and the kid's name was like um, Wayne. Uh, like I think his name was Wayne. Wayne Bruce or something like it, it was almost two on whatever. <laughs> it was something close to to Bruce that. Wayne. Where he he was a person that was visiting town and became friends, and he was also detectiveish and wore black, and had rich parents. Hmm. And it, that was about as far as they went with it. And he yeah. was in two episodes. I will never get their sheepishness. That's they a wanted, really tough word. They to say wanted to build stuff like this. They wanted to build their own story yeah. without people referencing anything that was done in the past. So they wanted to build this whole entire world. Yeah. Like it's 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 but, but, like an alternate universe. But they end up doing the Justice League basically in this show where they get Green Arrow, uh the Flash, and I feel like Cyborg was Aquaman. in there. Aquaman. Aquaman yeah. was in there. Doctor um, Fate. Doctor Fate? Yeah, Hawkman showed up. Oh, yeah, there was a bunch of people. Yeah. But the um but they don't. But they don't do Batman. I always is. It's. I wonder if he's tied. Like, there's legal 
issues tying it up. Oh, like, definitely not. It's just because like they have Batman pulls away from Batman's infinitely better than Superman. Ah, uh, so yeah. he pulls the focus away from the main character. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes. But anyways, away from Smallville, back to Inhuman. Yes, Inhuman. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you don't think people are interested in our very trendy no, topic I want about them to, I want them to try to make fun of me when well, I try to pronounce like these people's oh, yes, names yes. and can't really pull it off. Let's uh, do this. M.A. Ickwecker, <laughs> which I know is way off. We really need to put this through, like, Google <laughs> Translate and see how it comes up. Um, Actually, that, I mean, I don't know how else you would say that yeah. name. M.A. Ickwecker. That sounded actually a lot better. <laughs> uh, he is playing um, Gorgon. And I and I can just picture him with the little headband and hooves uh, as feet. I like another spot on casting. Um, uh, Isabel uh, Cornish is Crystal. She yeah. looks like you pronounced that one pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah good Cornish. Yeah, it's like the head. Um, Mike Moe is Triton. Um, I did like him in the. Um, there was a Street Fighter type. Uh, Made for YouTube, oh like, yeah, 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 online type one. It is pretty good, and I mean, he seems to have uh, some acting chops as well as some uh, some moves that Triton could uh, pull off on the the little screen. Um, but I, the person that I have been dreading who they're gonna cast, all because they need to have a chiseled chin. They do. Whoever was gonna play Black Bolt, it's all about the chin. Yes, needed to have just. Yeah, and uh, Anson Mount uh, is the actor that they found, and he does have a very chiseled chin and very striking eyes, which I also think is important because that's yeah, another that's part all of you his, really yeah. see. But then again, too, even without, I mean, there's a few times that Black Bolt doesn't have his full mask suit on, right? But there also have been some times where they show him up, and the dude looks like how he was drawn. Like this person was born. Uh, to play Black Bolt, and he's pretty muscular as well. Yeah. Like he seems to be built in the way of being Black Bolt, and I think it's just a perfect, uh, you know, person right. to play. Well, we were talking earlier about how they don't even need to be a good actor because they don't speak. But then you obviously said, so, well, they need to even be an even better, better actor because if they they're don't not going to really speak. But I'm wondering if they're going to because him and Medusa speak. To each other. Oh yeah, and so I'm wondering if they're gonna they're gonna have to use like overvoice that so that we can hear what they're saying for sure. Yeah, and also, well, there was it was a great time in comic books when, I mean, they've now pretty much made that a a power of a psychic link that she has. But there used to be a point where people didn't believe that she really knew what he was talking about. She'd always say, like, my husband says this. Oh. And that was some good old writing when people then started saying, you don't really know what he's saying. And this was also, like, revolts. And this was a uh, um, uh, Maximus trying to cause hatred within the royal family right. so he could take over again because he does that every five years. And uh, she would be like, no, this is what Black Bolt says. And people would be like, you're just, you're ruling, you're the real ruler. You're doing this. And and everything it was kind of cool when it was ambiguous now though they've kind of even shown like a mindscape where they're in a bedroom like them talking to each mm. other to convey to the readers what's going on with that well that's whole comic book scenes i just can't wait till they actually do have him speak but he just says something something silently 
and blows up a building, or then when he screams and like decimates like whatever, oh, that's yeah. going to be powerful. Like this, oh, this is going to be a great series, and I'm wondering how it's going to fit into all the other shows, the other movies, um, mainly because, I mean, this is even though it's going to be on ABC, it's going to be a regular network. I feel like they're actually giving it like a good enough budget yeah. to be on par with Netflix. Because when we say Netflix, I pretty much mean Netflix gives whatever money they it's think true. to make it good. And I see this going to be on par with those Netflix shows. However, even more spectacular because it's a large group of super... Like, they all have powers. Right. They A lot of them don't even look human-ish. How are they going to portray that without some money for the CGI, without making it look cheesy? And I know they're not going to want to make it look shitty. Right. Well, that, no, they've got a lot, and they're going to have a lot invested in it. Well, yeah, and because it's not, as they've said, it's not going to tie into Agent... It's, it's going to be its own thing. Right. I can see them mentioning in those two shows, but you don't even see in any of these new movies, because the Inhumans have been kind of coming out in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for like the last two years... None of the new movies have mentioned anything of this, you know, Terrigen mist going around, right. you know, or or whatever's going on with these Inhumans. That's I mean, true. Hell, in the show, a senator was just killed by an Inhuman. That would be a huge thing for the, and they've even talked about the Sokovia Accords within this TV show, right. of why they need to lock up these Inhumans, that you would think Tony Stark would be like, now these, ex, as Vision said, you know, exponentially, ever since you took off your mask, more and more heroes have been coming out that they would not talk about Inhumans within um, War Gauntlet or whatever, yeah. War Glove in that movie. <laughs> Forever Glove. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, my pressing question is, is Lockjaw going to be in the TV show? Yes. Yeah. He better. He's my favorite. No, um, I've, I have also heard that he will be in there at some some capacity and because he's a giant freaking awesome massive dog. like looking dog with a tuning fork on his head <laughs> we we've also like we had a giant talking tree we've had a oh, talking yeah. raccoon yeah uh, i'm trying to think some of the other movies where we've had like weird creatures anyways random aliens throughout the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Now, granted, those had bigger budgets, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you So have... far, you gave three examples from Guardian, uh, Guardians Actually, of the Galaxy. <laughs> 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 we had Beast. There was, that, and... there, was, there was that, the big war machine thing from Thor. What the hell was the name of that? The Hulkbuster? No, 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 no. Or, from the Thor movie. The, like the Destroyer? The dis- yeah. Or destroyer armor? I don't remember. Yeah, that thing, that big metal. Yeah, the Destroyer armor, yeah. yeah. It was on the first one. So mm. Yeah. They sent it, they sent, Loki sent it down to destroy Thor. Wasn't that good of a movie? It was a good movie. Connor, you you're just, just out of this recording studio. You are <laughs> now banned. You just liked it because of... Thor uh, is super hot, but yeah. <laughs> it was a good movie, or else they wouldn't have kept... Like, it. all of these movies were good. You have to think about it. Maybe it wasn't as good as some of the other comic book movies, but in terms yeah. of movies in general, it was a good movie. So one last thing with Inhumans that I'm happy um, about is when it was originally supposed to be a movie, and then they tanked it to put it as a TV show 
Um, we had heard rumors that it was going to debut the first two episodes in IMAX. Yes. Almost as if it's going to be a mini-movie. But I think they also, when you say that it's not a true movie, you know that it's not Guardians of the Galaxy level sci-fi effects. It's going to be TV more effects, but right. a little bit more. Uh, September 1st is when it's supposed to debut in IMAX. Oh, really? And the first two episodes are going to be totally filmed with IMAX cameras. So you're going to get that large scene of everything that's going awesome. on. They're obviously going to have to then cut that down to a regular you know, size for TV um, when it comes to the f- debut in the first two episodes on TV. Where do you think that... Th- is this going to take place on Earth? Or do you think this is going to take place on... What is it? The moon? moon? That they're normally on? Because they haven't mentioned Inhumans being from the moon. Well, I think... Uh, from the moon? Well, and they've also kind of mentioned, I mean, Never who really they are, which in the comic book series and now and has always been, they're part of, you know, the human subspecies that... Right. Or actually... It was imbued with, what, Kree? Well, it's not even DNA that, though. They, or... Yeah, they are different, you know, type of, I think, and I forget what they are called. There's, uh, what are mutants? They're homo superior. Yeah. And these are homo creary or something. I'll have to look that up later. Which is a subspecies of humans, but with humans and homo sapiens and other people um, having sex and fucking... The DNAs of the original. You trying to pull his attention in? in by yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his right so you always have some DNA at some point uh, within yourself that you're not 100 uh, percent inhuman, right? But you have a part of some inhuman in you, and then that's what triggers with all these with people the that have been going on yeah. recently. But since this is involving the royal family, aka straight up 100 uh, percent genealogy of it. The show is already based of a lot of different groups of Inhumans mm-hmm. around the world, as if they've always been there. And they've mentioned of some hierarchies within Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they haven't really ever discussed the royal family. Right. And that's where I almost feel like it is going to be off-world, okay. it's, or it's going to be them coming to Earth. All these Inhumans that have been around for years, that have known each other for the whatever years that they've established in the show, these enclaves that they have... They're not going to know, they know that they're inhumans, but they didn't know that, oh, these are our king and queen, and how that's going to work with these people on Earth that have already have their little kingdoms, Right. Oh yeah. and then they come and have to pay felty to them, and when Black Bolt comes out and says, fuck you guys. And and then all their heads explode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when he literally says that. So I... I think that's the way this this story is going to go. Okay. It's going to be them coming back to Earth after being gone for however many years. Maybe even have them to so for people that don't understand that they're really fucking old race. Like they can live a lot longer than humans. People can't really grasp that when you look humanoid. That right. Why you can be that old? So I see them almost like having them being like cryogenic freezer going through space and then they're coming back and then they wake up and then they go what's going on on earth or who are these because it also you would think that they would even though they've been a people that don't want to get involved or have humans know about them right it would be hard and far-fetched for them not to have jumped into any of these battles yet if they have always been on earth that's true so who knows i don't know um whatever it is i love the inhumans as yeah. much as you love fucking Jean Grey and X-Men. So yeah. whenever we have those battles in comic books, we always have our sides <laughs> of who's going to win. Jean Grey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so uh, at the next Star Wars movie, briefly, The Last Jedi, right? We talked about whether who the Last Jedi was going to be, mm-hmm. whether it was going to be Luke or Ray or BB-8. What was going on? Well, the the translated versions of the title in other languages have come out. And it turns out yeah. it's plural. It's yeah. not the last singular Jedi. It's the last Jedi. Because Jedi plural is... Yeah, yeah. Jedi. So yeah. we're talking the last Jedi as in a group. It's like moose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So it is going the way of the, the other movies where we're not focusing on one single person speaking, as being... Speaking of, speaking of focusing, do you remember us having this discussion two weeks ago? We didn't talk about this two weeks ago. I think we did. Yes, we did. Aww. We exactly did, which I is why Josh knew about it, because Josh doesn't know as much as we do, and he, even he knew about I it. I probably knew. was the one that posted in the, <laughs> in the Facebook. I do not remember talking about this I, Yes, we I talked about the translation. I remember talking about, about it. I don't know if for a fact if it was on the podcast. I okay. feel like I talked, we talked about it at You don't least. go back and re-listen to the podcast, so you wouldn't know. I do. I, do I haven't recently. But so <laughs> I do. Stay focused, honey. Yeah. All right. Fine. Moving on. Next right. topic. <laughs> well, we are getting towards the end of the show, but one thing that I saw that stood out, uh, which I find hilarious, uh, at Emerald City Comic Con, uh, Seth MacFarlane was um, joined by uh, Stan Lee doing a panel. Seth MacFarlane. Sorry. Um, uh, Todd, McFarlane? Todd McFarlane. Okay, yeah. I was like oh, yeah. Seth MacFarlane and Stan Lee. That's a weird combination. <laughs> <laughs> Todd McFarlane of Spawn fame. Yes. Okay, and that makes he, more sense. <laughs> he had just mentioned up at the panel of how he wants to have Stan do a cameo in the Spawn film. Knock on wood. Whenever that gets made, and which I do see that happening soon. I want to hear more on the deets of that, but. Uh, how he wants to have just it would be weird having him be in there but his vision for it would be you go into this room he's in a wife beater hasn't shaven for four days has a stogie and like a beer in his hand like almost as if like he's not the happy-go-lucky like you know stanley that everyone knows and this is more of a spawn centric version he's the image version of stanley yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and stan kind of even said like you know it could possibly work out he goes but i he goes my scenes are only like a little bit because i'm you know I'm not too into uh, the He's long old. term of he big movie roles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't want to remember a lot of lines. I'll yeah. tell you this: he like he really would. He could get paid so much money just to do cameos in any movie. Yeah. yeah. I'll do a home movie and be like, dude, Stan, just <laughs> give me my whole bank account. Stan Lee's in your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just shows up to your family <laughs> reunion. <laughs> my grandpa. <laughs> Excelsior. And then he like walks crazy away. <laughs> and then he just walks away. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Uh, one last thing I want to bring up before we right. do booze in a book is the thing I'm most excited about coming. The, the reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. So they've been doing the CGI version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yeah, I haven't really liked that. I think it's, it's been pretty well, good. Well, no, no. I mean, it... Kids, I, I do have to sometimes look, unlike when we went and saw the movies, no, fuck that. The yeah. kids should hate that movie. Yeah. Like, those were terrible movies. But yeah. the but the CGI version, like, it's more kiddie down, like, as yes. if when we grew up, and it's not like the comic books that I love now, which are a little more dark and right. gritty. But I just, I don't really like the CGI of it. Okay. It, it, it really 
I don't know. Throw well, the for a loop. You're going to be real happy because they're returning to the original style of the animated. Like, we're talking the 80s animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The, the a very original one that informed our childhoods. And yeah. Before same, we even knew style. that it was a comic book, got yeah. us into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Same style as the Ghostbusters yes. from back then. Yeah, the real I, Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> is it the real that's ghost? what they kind of call it yeah, yeah. we had this whole the, oh there, he wasn't he must not heard that podcast where we talked about the ghostbusters and the real he, ghostbusters yeah, there's like a 15 minute conversation they brought up about <laughs> the original of ghostbusters and then yeah. there's there another to, show called the ghostbusters Connor looks really confused there used to be another show called the ghostbusters that was two dudes and an ape yep oh that's yeah right. yeah that they were called the ghostbusters i was probably here for this conversation so the real too. ghostbusters had to be called the real ghost or yeah, yeah. ghostbusters had to, but then movie rights could still be called ghostbusters even though the characters the real ghostbusters were created off of those ghostbusters and the whole hollywood yeah. but i'm super excited i i, I, I find like... it though a little crazy because i feel like cg animation is a bit cheaper than 2d right style so I mean, well, they I, do Family Guy and stuff like that. Yeah, but so that's though like not on par type like animation though. I mean, that's if you're gonna do it with because uh, they have a lot more scenes where they're sitting around two on a couch. That's that yeah. doesn't take a lot of drawing. Right. I'm imagining Ninja Turtles a lot more jumping around, right. uh, cheesy CGI pizza type you know yes. scenes. Yes. I, I hope I hope they're really like full on going back where all the like villains are. Because, like, on the CGI one, they have, was it the, the pizza guy villain? What the hell was his name? The He was the, the do you guys remember who I'm talking about? Pizza guy. Yeah, he, he was, was like a, pizza. a, he was a pizza chef. And in the original one, he was like, he looked like he was made out of pizza toppings. I vaguely remember this, yeah, but I can't. I don't know. He's in yeah. the CGI one, and he's just a I th- dude, I always right? think of Craig. <laughs> Craig? Is that Crane. His Crane. Craig is, is the Craig. brain. Craig. Craig. Oh, Craig. <laughs> Craig down in HR. <laughs> They're evil nemesis. Yeah. Craig. I hope they. I hope they go back to that because in the new one, the the you know they turn into mm-hmm. all kinds of weird things because of the ooze and stuff like that. Yeah, that so. stopped being good. It stopped being good. Yeah, they like went to space for some reason. Oh. Yeah. I feel like in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they've done that a couple of times yeah. in space. Lynn's <laughs> turtles aren't supposed yes. to be in space. Booze in a book. Booze in a book. Real quick. So I picked up Savage Things from Vertigo. It's a great book. It's going to be a mini series, so it's not a new full on series. Um, very brief premise starts out. These kids are all kidnapped from their families. Their families are killed, and this the they are killed in front of the children, or the children are allowed to witness this because it's a test. Because they're only taking children who are psychopaths. Mm. Because the idea mm. is these children are going to be serial killers someday. So why not get them as children and raise them to be weapons of the government? It could only go good, right? Right. Just training psychopaths. Yeah. It could only work out in their favor. Except that it doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, it, the art on it is really good. It was uh, written by Justin Jordan, who is amazing. And he's done all kinds of great books, like Spread and Luther Strode, and just ugh, so much good stuff. Justin Jordan did Constantine. He did? I don't think you're thinking of that well, correctly. Well, said Vertigo, so... Oh, Vertigo is the same place that Constantine is published. And V for Vendetta. Yes. And Watchmen. 
Yeah. Well, you need to teach your son some comic book stuff. <laughs> the Watchmen is was not through Vertigo. Oh, was it? No, but Constantine came out through Vertigo. No, no Watchmen it was, DC. was DC. DC. Straight up DC. That came out before Vertigo was even a thing. Yeah. Vertigo oh. was part of DC. Yeah, I, I and it was it, okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> anyway, I'm pairing this with a beer from Revolution Brewing Company out of Chicago called Straight Jacket. Ah. Ah, these kids are psychopaths. They yeah. shouldn't be being trained as as weapons. They should probably <laughs> just be in straight, in straight jackets. jackets. But this beer is also 12.2%. So oh. if you want to lose any feeling, Damn. then go ahead and have some. Yeah. <laughs> is, that a, is that a lot? It is a lot for That's a beer. A most beers average, what, 5 eight, to 6? Yeah. Oh. 8 is a high one for most people. 12.2, you get one beer in and... Connor's like, my, my whiskey that I have, that's 40%, so I don't know what you beer drinkers are like. He doesn't drink whiskey. I don't oh, drink whiskey. tequila? <laughs> I drink fine wine, thank you. Okay. No. <laughs> that's what we call, tell them Welch's is. <laughs> All right, well, well with that, um, quote, not really from anyone, but kind of in, uh, encapsulates my world in general as well. Gatorade used to taste like uh, winning sports games. Now it just tastes like hangovers and regret. So are you saying you wrote that? <laughs> are you fun. reading last night's <laughs> text? <laughs> Gatorade is what plants crave. Yes. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good quote, though. Yes. I like it. Yeah, it works. <laughs> what are we staying thirsty for? Rondo. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's what plants crave. 